the hard shoulder on News Talk with Nissan Subscribe and Drive. No deposit, no compromise, no fuss. Find out more at Nissan.ie. You're very welcome back to The Hard Shoulder. Kieran Cudahy with you until 7 o'clock. And because it's Wednesday, John Kelleher is with me for another edition of The Last Post to tell us all about the life and times of somebody recently departed. And somebody, you may have heard Pat Kenny mention the departure from this world of Joe Carroll Dennison yesterday, but John Kelleher has all the gory uh, details. Uh, John, who was Joe Carroll Dennison? Uh, luckily, nothing too gory, but uh, she, she was a former, and this is her main claim to fame, a former Miss America she she died uh, a week ago, just uh, age ninety seven. But she was eighty years ago. She was she had uh, won the title of Miss America, and she was the oldest surviving Miss America. But she was a feminist in a in an era you know long before Me Too, and she was one of the very first to object to the idea of having to parade in a swimsuit during her her reign. Um, later on, she got parts, small parts in Hollywood movies, but she never actually became a star. OK, tell me a bit about her background, where she came from. It's a really interesting background. I mean, talk about uh, crammed with, with uh, adventure and incident. Uh, she was born in 1923 and she was actually born in a men's state prison in Arizona. And the reason this for that... There's lots of things about that sentence that don't make yeah, sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So you have to. I have to explain <laughs> that her parents, um, her mum and dad, um, owned a travelling medicine show, uh, which they took on the on the road in, around Texas, and they used to lure folk in, you know, with entertainment and patter, uh, and then they would sell them kind of elixirs and snake, snake oil. oil. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but her mother was um, became pregnant, and. Uh, the father, her father, wanted her wanted that their child to be born in California. He thought that was more glamorous than Texas, so they they headed off for California, driving west in their Model T Ford. And when they got to Arizona in a little town called Florence, uh, her mother went into labour, and the only place they could find, the only person they could find, was the doctor in the local prison. Ah, right. Yeah. So he delivered uh, Joe Carroll in the prison infirmary. <laughs> um, and then as a toddler, she became part of the medicine show when they arrived in California. Oh, they made it to Cal- California they in the did, end. They did, and she sang, she tap danced, she performed in sketches. But it was a very kind of rootless, uh, travelling childhood. Like um, a circus childhood nearly, circus isn't it? Ch- exactly, with very little money um, and no formal early education. And then... Uh, when she was only seven, her father took off, and she was shattered by that. Uh, but she did work actually with a circus, All right. and later with a carnival. And then she and her mother they moved back to Texas. Okay, so they moved back to Texas. She has this background, I suppose, this itinerant background, traveling around with the the, the medicine show, then the circus. How does she get involved in in the Beauty industry, will we call it that? That might be overstated <laughs> yeah. the case, uh, given the era we're talking well, about. Different times, exactly. Yeah. You know, that she they had signed on them, her mother and herself, with another medicine show, um, and actually, uh, she said in her autobiography that uh, the the snake oil salesman, you know, who ran the show, actually sexually assaulted her. But after high school, how the Miss America thing happened, she had enrolled in a business school in. Tyler, place called Tyler, Texas, 
uh, with a view to becoming a secretary. And one day she was walking down the street, the main street in Tyler, in 1942, and she was 18. And she was approached by a local banker uh, who asked her, would he, would she represent his bank in the town beauty contest, the Tyler beauty contest? And she was very reluctant. But he kept it on. He persuaded her. And he gave her, he offered her a free bathing suit and she did it. But she said later that once she accepted, her competitive juices kicked, you know, mm. she, she was a fighter. Uh, her competitive juices kicked in and she had this kind of stage presence that had been formed in the early days of travelling, the travelling show uh, with her showman dad. <laughs> so she um, she strode around in a in a swimsuit with what she described as an attitude to kill. I, I just, we talk, joke about different times, but going up uh, unsolicited to strange women on the street and offering them bathing suits to take part <laughs> in a beauty pageant. Quite quickly. <laughs> yeah, quite today. quickly. She obviously won. She gets she all won. the way to Miss she America. She won Miss so. Tyler. She became Miss Tyler. And then very quickly thereafter, she became Miss East Texas, and then she became Miss Texas. And then she goes from there, is it, to the big national competition? Absolutely. On a train, three-day journey to Atlantic City in New Jersey, and she actually took the pageant, the Miss America pageant, by storm. Uh, She was wearing a cowgirl outfit, and the orchestra was playing this rousing arrangement of Deep in the Heart of Texas. And she belted out this high-spirited performance that had the audience clapping along with her. So the newspapers dubbed her the Texas Tornado. <laughs> and she, she, she sort of swept the talent and the swimsuit contest. And then on the final night uh, of the pageant, she won the crown. And, and how then do we get from uh, becoming Miss America to that objection you mentioned earlier to wearing swimsuits? Well, she was one of the first to to object. Uh, she had to do it for the Miss America pageant itself. But during her reign, you know, the six months or whatever year thereafter, um, which was the time that she, by the way, referred to as her indentured labour, she felt that it was demeaning to appear in a in a swimsuit, um, especially some of the kind of low rent venues that she had mm. to um, to go to, um, and she refused to do it, um, and she even cut her, her tour short, uh, although the organisers apparently were, were able to sort of hush that up a little bit. Um, mm. They didn't I, want adverse publicity. I, I understand. We, we actually have audio of her speaking relatively recently uh, about her recollection of, of, of this time. Back in 1942, the pageant was mostly about looks. Yet I never thought I had won because of the way I looked, but rather because of the way I felt about myself. With this in mind, I flat out refused to wear my bathing suit on the stage after the pageant, beginning with my very first tour stop at the Faith Theatre in Philadelphia. I'm so delighted that the Miss America organization has embraced this principle and now focuses on the totality of each candidate. Yeah, that was her speaking, like I said, relatively recently, well into her 90s. Um, the, the era we're talking about, John, um, I mean, the, the Second World War is the backdrop to everything going on. Absolutely. The war was raging. It was 1942. And so she, as part of her um, uh, victory sort of uh, reign there after the, after the pageant, she visited military bases and naval boatyards. Um, she sang and danced for the, the troops. And very importantly, she helped... Uh, to sell war bonds to finance the the war effort. Um, According to the military newspaper Stars and Stripes, 
the pictures of her in, in Life magazine, they were the GIs. They made her the, her the GI's second most favourite pin-up oh, after who was Betty Grable. Oh, Betty Grable, <laughs> of course, number one. How did she end up on, on screen then? I guess, you know, they would be always looking at, you know, people who might win, you know, beauty contests. And she was offered small parts in, in movies. But she did sign a seven-year contract with 20th Century Fox. She played, her first role, she played a nun in uh, The Song of Bernadette in 1943. And then she was in a propaganda film called Winged Victory the following year. And then she played a part in the Jolson story in 1946. Um, d- did she go on to stardom? I, d- I don't recognise her name from that period, no, really. No, she, she was a starlet, if you okay. like, but never a star. Um, she did appear in quite a bit of television. She appeared with Frank Sinatra and Ed Sullivan. And she was in a few episodes of the Dick Tracy series in 1950, a detective series. Um, but she... she Moved fairly freely through Hollywood society. She was great pals with Gregory Peck, great actor, uh, with Judy Garland, with Leonard Bernstein. Bernstein, And then she married uh, the comedy actor. I don't know if you uh, would ever have heard of him, but when I was younger, much younger, he was absolutely a legend. Uh, Phil Silvers, no. who played Sergeant Bilko. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was like anybody over a certain age in Ireland would, would remember it well. Popular hit sitcom, The Phil Silvers Show. Um, How long did that marriage last? Only only five years. Okay, quite 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 short. You, you um, mentioned that the, the feminism and the the rejection of the the bathing suit and that she you know she stood up to it to such a degree that the tour had to be cut short. I mean, talk to me a bit more about that. I'm sure it wasn't just the bathing suit, was it? No, no. She she was uh, she was a feminist, uh, you know, ahead of her time, and she was very conscious of the fact, and she greatly resented it that the Miss America title kind of somehow gave people the impression that she was some kind of liberty gibbet, empty-headed sex object. Um, And at parties, she said, like, being Miss America was... was, uh, She said it was more of a stigma than uh, an accolade. Um, And years later, she was still furious, still really angry, because Groucho Marx had said to her on one occasion, why, you know, you're almost articulate for a bathing beauty. Mm. which was a pretty nasty thing to, to, to I, say. She probably came into contact with some fairly nasty people. I mean, there were, there were Harvey Weinsteins in this world absolutely, before Harvey Weinstein. She writes about his forerunners, uh, some of his forerunners, mm. in her autobiography. There were lots of uh, attempts that she had to fend off by powerful men to, to get her onto the, cast, the casting couch. Yeah, well, we we have another clip of her actually uh, again, uh, relatively recently in her ninety eighth year, um, uh, not long before she passed away, expressing her feelings um, uh, 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 that she recorded this, I should say, for next what is next month's one hundredth anniversary celebration of the Miss America pageant. I'm glad to live long enough to see how the women's fight against inequality, sexual harassment, and abuse has finally come to the fore, and I hope that future Miss Americas can help further the progress of healing the divisions in our country along racial lines, fight voter suppression, and motivate us all to respond to the specter of climate change. Yeah, that was her. Uh, speak, very recently, is it, John? Very, yeah, just last uh, September. Okay, yeah. just last month yeah. or the month before last. Before yeah, and as you say, in her 98th year, you know, yeah. amazing. 
Um, amazing. What did she do later in life? We've kind of got up to maybe the 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 sixties, seventies. As a, she was, was she very active beyond that? Uh, well, yes. She she bought um, a kind of a mountain retreat in the San Jacinto Mountains in California, and she was very much involved there in the local community, notably with the hospice movement. Um, and she worked for many many years on writing her autobiography, which was only published uh, six or eight weeks ago. And uh, she called it, by the way, Finding My Little Red Hat. And the significance of that was that, you know, as you know, as we've mentioned, she was brought up in these constantly changing environments as a child. And she would wear a red felt hat uh, for courage when she was going to a, a new school to face yet another classroom of strangers. Oh, that's her, her security blanket. Well, uh, Joe Carroll Dennison, who has passed away at uh, the ripe old age of 97, the longest surviving Miss America uh, until now. Now there's somebody else with that uh, that claim to fame. But John, listen, pleasure as always. And we'll talk to you again at the same time next week. If you want to listen back to any previous editions of The Last Post with John Kelleher, you can find them up in the News Talk app powered by Go Loud. Off the ball, they're up next. I'll be back tomorrow from four. Have a good one. 